right, this is it. Everyone ready? Hey everyone, so glad to have all of you joining us today. And as you know, or at least we hope you know, today is Mother's Day. And we know for some of you, it's really a special time of celebration, of honoring your mother. And for some of you, this is a day that brings up sorrow or pain. And while we don't know what your relationship with your mother is like, there is one thing that we do know. Everybody wants to have a good relationship with the people that they are related to. And that's true even to the person that you're related to is like moody or embarrasses you or is absent or drinks too much or maybe it was even hard to forgive. Like nobody in their right mind gets out of the bed in the morning and says, today I want to start a fight with my mom or I want to get my daddy really mad at me or make sure that my spouse is so angry at me that when we go to bed tonight, we're not talking. Like nobody prays and says to God, God, my family is just too perfect. Make my daughter more defined or make my son more rebellious. See, the truth is everyone wants to have a good relationship with the people they are related to. But here's the problem. So often the people related to seem to be the hardest to get along with. And, and that's even under normal everyday kind of circumstances. But in this current season, the tension is even greater because see, think about it. During this quarantine, many of you are under the same roof hour after hour, day after day, week after week, and you haven't been used to that. But here's the thing you need to understand. As challenging as these circumstances are for our families, the truth is there has never been a golden age when family life was perfect. So the question is, how do we thrive as a family if there's never been a golden age? Like, what does it take to thrive as a family, especially in a season of crisis? And we ask that question because families really do matter to God and families really matter to us here at RCC. It's why we partner with families to help parents and guardians nurture and inspire and clarify the faith of their children and their students. In fact, our win and family ministry is to partner with parents in such a way that children are talking about their faith with their parents at home. It's why our team has worked so hard during this crisis to make sure that you have great weekly digital resources available on our website for you to lead your children spiritually even during this season of crisis. And let me even just pause right here to say thank you to all of you at all of our churches who have helped to create environments like Wombaland and Upstreet and Transit and Inside Out because you are impacting the next generation in a really big way. In fact, this year from all of our campuses, we have 65 graduating seniors. Yes, you heard me right. We have 65 graduating seniors who have attended and or have served in our churches. So no matter where you're at today, where you're listening to this, you, you kind of need to figure out a way to celebrate the kind of impact that you're having on the next generation. In fact, next week, we're going to tell you how we're going to celebrate the seniors. But let me just say to all of you seniors personally, congratulations. Like, we're so proud of you, and while you most likely won't be having the traditional graduation ceremony, know that you have a church family that is praying for you, that's here for you, um, and we're cheering for you. 
as you cross this milestone and you take the next step in your seasons of life that are before you. And I, I've been praying for you personally every day. And um, I'm just excited about what God is building in you in this season of seniors and how God is going to use this crisis to make you even stronger to lead the next generation. And so seniors know that I am praying for you every day. I'm excited for what God is going to do in and through you. And yes, I get emotional about that because I love every one of you. And um, you students matter. You really matter. And that's um, a big deal. Um, but let's get back on topic here, right? Uh, again, just think about this this way. Not having graduation, it's another reminder or the traditional graduation. It's just another reminder that life is especially difficult for families in this crisis. So once again, the question we started with, how do we thrive as families? Because if you think about it, families really struggled since the beginning of time. I mean, there was the first family, Adam and Eve. They try to throw each other under the bus for disobeying God. And then they have two sons and the oldest one murders the youngest one. But it doesn't stop there. Abraham and his wife, Sarah, decide that since they can't have children, that Abraham should sleep with Sarah's maidservant. And then when Sarah does eventually have a child, she and Abraham, they try to disown the maidservant and her child. And then later on, his grandson, Jacob's family, Jacob not only had like favorite children, he had a favorite wife, which created so much dysfunction in the family that the other brothers sold their brother Joseph into slavery. And then they go and lie about it. Or maybe another popular family in the Old Testament that you might know about is King David's family. I mean, the breakdown in his family was so great that the first civil war in Israel was between David and his son Absalom. So the reality is there has never been a golden age when family life was perfect. And even though that's true, every one of us has this place in our hearts where whenever we hear that word family, it strikes some kind of deepest chord down inside of you. For some of you, when you hear the word family, man, you have all kind of joyful thoughts. For others of you, you have kind of this mixture of good and bad. For others of you, there's just a lot of pain. But you know, if we're really honest, most every one of us, we would love to be part of a family that's life-giving and loving and is an affirming kind of place. Which is why this morning what we want to do is we want to share a relational principle that the Apostle Paul, he took from the life and the teachings of Jesus. Now understand something. Paying attention to this principle, it won't necessarily give you the picture perfect family because nothing will do that because we're all human. But what it will do if you apply this principle, it will help you write a better story and a better future for your family. It's this principle, the principle of mutual submission. Now, the Apostle Paul, he took this principle of mutual submission, and in a letter to the churches at Colossia, what he did is he applied it to the family dynamic of his day. In fact, he begins the application in Colossians chapter 3, verse 18. Here's what he says. Wives, 
Submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And some of you are thinking, Paul Smith, I can't believe you're talking about this verse on Mother's Day. This is like the most politically incorrect verse that you could use. But hang on just a second before you check out. This is only part of the Apostle Paul's message. In fact, ladies, please make sure you know, if this verse ever gets brought up and is thrown in your face, there's another verse you need to know that's also from the Apostle Paul. In fact, it's found in another one of his letters that he wrote in Ephesians. And here's what the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. He said, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, this verse is the verse that we get the principle of mutual submission from. Literally what the Apostle Paul is saying is everyone is to submit to one another. That's mutual submission. In fact, don't miss this. We are to submit. How are we to submit? Out of reverence for Christ. In other words, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're trying to figure out how to write a great story as a family, no matter what season you find yourself in, basically the Apostle Paul is saying, listen, everybody is to submit to each other. Everybody is to practice mutual submission to everybody in the family. So wives submit to your husbands, husbands submit to your wives, children. Children submit to your parents and parents submit to your children. So whenever you hear this term submit, don't check out ladies because it's for everyone. But basically when the apostle Paul says for you to submit to your husband, what he's doing is he's calling you to live out this principle of mutual submission. And I think he specifically says submit to your husband because the apostle Paul I think he knows for some women that it's easier to live with the other first kind of mindset toward their imperfect children, but it's not so natural with their imperfect husbands. And some of you ladies are saying, yeah, it is so much easier to live thinking others first with my children because you don't know the man I have to live with. I mean, just the smells and the sounds that he's making is bad enough, you know, not all, not including all the other things. And I, I get that. So which is why we're going to teach all of us how to live out this principle of mutual submission without losing our individual identity, without being a doormat, without getting run over, or without being abused. But before we do that, look at the application of this principle of mutual submission for men. We find this in verse 19. He says, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Now, why does he say this? Because for many men, it's natural to kind of power up and to be harsh with their wives. But he says, instead of doing what comes naturally, powering up, he says, you are to love your wife. And here's the thing. Love thinks with an other's first mindset. And by the way, men, that, that means you tell them and you show them that you love them daily. And here's why. Many of you men, you wonder why you can't get traction spiritually. Well, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, the apostle Peter, he takes this command basically a step further and tells us that how you treat your wives, both by your words and by your actions, it determines the traction that you have with God to the point that it determines if God will hear your prayers or not. 
Now, do you know why this is such a big deal to God that he says, if you don't treat your wife right, I'm not even going to hear your prayers. Here's why. Because God created your wife and she is his daughter. And God is saying, if you want to be in my good grace, if you want to have my favor, you have to treat my daughter well. And if you're a dad and you have daughters, you get that. So when the Apostle Paul says, husbands love your wives, he's saying, you need to practice this principle of mutual submission with your wife. But he's not done. Look at verse 20, because in verse 20, he talks about this principle of mutual submission and how it applies to children and students as well. Notice what he says. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now, this is the verse that parents love and children and students hate. But once again, it's the Apostle Paul's way of saying, children, you need to practice the principle of mutual submission. And the way you do that is by joyfully obeying. And some of you students out there, you're saying, but you don't know how bad my parents treat me. So the Apostle Paul, he addresses that too in verse 21. Here's what he says. Fathers, do not exasperate your children or they will become discouraged which is the Apostle Paul's way of saying, listen, just because you're the parent doesn't mean that you can unleash anger or that you can scream or that you can mistreat your children in any way. Literally, he's basically saying, like, you don't do anything physically or emotionally that is going to exasperate your children. And let me just say this. If you're da a dad, this is one you're going to have to work really hard on. And, and I know this is one I've had to work hard on over the years. Because what happens is we men, we tend to be so forthright and not connected to the emotional impact of what we're saying to our children. And so what we say might be true, but oftentimes the way that we say it, while it is true, it's not helpful. Instead, it's exasperating to them. It's just frustrating to them. It causes them frustration and it causes discouragement in their lives. See, I think men, but this is not just true for men. This is true for all of us parents, men and, and, and women. We don't understand the weight and the power of our words when it comes to our children. We have the ability with our words and with our actions to cause so much frustration and discouragement in our children that they give up. In fact, here's the reality. Even though all of my children are young adults now, um, I still have to work on this one. And the good thing is because I have worked on this one over the years with them, they'll now look at me and go, Dad, you're just frustrating me. Stop it. I mean, that's just my cue that I've gone too far. Or I've not been emotionally in touch with the process. See, mutual submission as a parent means this. As a parent, when I mutually submit, I find a path to guard the heart or guide, I should say, the heart of my child without frustrating or exasperating them. And I'm telling you, this is hard. 
but it's so important if you're going to write a great story for your family. So to summarize what the Apostle Paul is saying, when he calls us to mutually submit here in this passage in Colossians 3, he's basically saying, wives, submit to your husbands, which means you respond respectfully whether you think they deserve it or not, because you're submitting, you're responding respectfully out of your reverence to God. And then he says, husbands, I want you to treat your wives with excessive love, whether you think they deserve it or not, because you're doing it out of reverence for God. And then he says, children and students, I want you to joyfully obey your parents, whether they, whether you think they deserve it or not. And then he says, and fathers or parents, don't exasperate your children. Instead, what you do is to lead them and treat them with dignity, whether you think they deserve it or not. Because some days, now that you've been quarantined, you don't think they do deserve it. But out of reverence for God, you treat and lead your children with dignity. So literally, the Apostle Paul says, let me just remind you. He says, so what we do to live out mutual submission is we submit to one another out of reverence for God, not because somebody in our family deserves it. So everyone in the family is to live practicing mutual submission. No one in the family is exempt. So don't make, make sure you don't miss this because you might be sitting there going, yeah, but you don't understand my family. It's so hard to think about living this out of my family. Well, the reality is every generation, as we said, from the beginning of time has had to deal with this tension of how to live out this principle of mutual submission. And you also need to understand something else. The point of this principle of mutual submission, it's not to condemn us, but it's to raise the potential of writing a better story when it comes to our families. Another thing you need to understand about this principle of submitting to one another, it's not about creating this picture-perfect family, because as we said, that's not even possible for any family, because we're all human. This is about living a better story, creating a better future for your family, no matter the challenge you're facing or the pandemic that we're facing. So the challenges for us in this season as a family is this, are we willing to embrace this life principle that can make our family story better, that can make the story of the next generation better? Or are we going to disregard this principle because we're facing difficult times? And here's the thing, whenever you're facing difficulty, it's always easy. It's, it's tempting to disregard things that are difficult. But I'm just telling you, the truth is, the more difficult the season, the greater the reason to apply this principle. So the question for you to think about this morning, about this principle is this, what's going to lead to better relationships with your family, relationships in general, for that matter, during this crisis? And the truth is, you know the answer. I mean, you know the answer, whether you're a Christ follower or not, that living others first by practicing mutual submission, it's going to lead to a better life. Because here's the reality. Many of you, you are quarantined with a spouse or you've been living with a spouse that has just made life all about them or you're living with a parent or you're living with a child that is making life all about them. And it is absolutely miserable right now. In fact, the truth is you, you may not have known anything about this principle, or maybe you kind of disregarded this principle in the past. But I'm just going to tell you, in this difficult crisis, 
Here's what I know about you. You would give anything for your spouse or for your children or for your parents to embrace this principle. Think about it. It makes all the sense in the world to you that your spouse love you excessively or that your children obey you joyfully or that your parents don't exasperate you. That makes all the difference. I mean, in this difficult time, we would give anything in the world to be on that kind of, or be receiving that kind of love. Every one of us do that. And let me just say, if you're a Christ follower, you got to understand, this is the relational standard that Jesus set for us. And because maybe some of you are sitting there going, yeah, but I don't think my family members are going to live this out. That doesn't mean you shouldn't live this out. Let me just say one more thing. Parents, Please don't start applying this principle by you telling your kids when we get done today, okay, it's your responsibility to joyfully obey you. And husbands, please don't start applying this principle by telling your wives it's their responsibility to submit by responding respectfully to you. And wives, please don't start applying this principle today by demanding that your husband love you excessively. No, no. What you do is you begin with you. You do what God has asked you to do. You set the example for your family for the sake of writing a better story. What we're challenging you to do is begin today living out this in your current family environment so that your family can experience a greater level of health and life and so that you can write a story that is going to impact generations to come in a great way. Again, if you're going, okay, so what does this look like again to practice mutual submission? Here's what it means. Let's just boil it down to the simple part. Men, it means that you love excessively. Women, it means that you respond respectfully. Children, it means that you obey joyfully. And parents, that means that you always treat your children. You lead always treating your children with dignity. That's what living out mutual submission looks like in a family. Now, to help you live out this process or begin living out this process on a daily basis, we're going to give you a question, just one question that we're asking you to ask yourself all this week. Here's the question that you need to be asking. What's the one thing I can do today to practice mutual submission better? You want to write this down and put it somewhere. What's the one thing I can do today to practice mutual submission better? Ladies, what's the one thing that you can do today to respond respectfully to your husband? Or husbands, what's the one thing you can do today to love your wife excessively? Or parents, how can you lead and express dignity to your children? And children and students, like, what can you do today? to be joyful in obeying your parents. And just imagine if you decided to live this out, if you decided, I'm going to live this out in my home, I'm gonna be responding respectfully, loving excessively, obeying joyfully, or leading my children, always treating them with dignity. Imagine what your family would be like even in the middle of all this crisis and difficulty. Imagine that, listen, Your family story, it doesn't hinge on this crisis. 
Don't, don't miss that. Your family story, the future of your family, the outcome of your family, it doesn't hinge on what happens to the rest of the world in this crisis. Your family story, it hinges on the decision that you make today, whether you're going to accept or reject the teaching of the Apostle Paul that says, submit to one another out of reverence for God. Make sure you don't miss this. God's heart is not that you necessarily have a picture-perfect family. God's heart is that you write a better story, a healthier future for your family, no matter what crisis or circumstance you face. So here's the reality. Your family story, it's your story to write. And imagine how great it could be if you chose to begin today practicing mutual submission. But let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for our families. God, I thank you for the grandparents. I thank you for the parents. Thank you for our students and our children. God, I thank you for the way that you designed the family. God, we all, we all hold the key to what our future of our family is going to be like. God, I am so thankful that the future of our family is not determined by a crisis, by the circumstances around us. I'm thankful that you designed the family so that the future of our family relationships, which really is what life is all about, relationships, God, is determined by whether we choose to follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in loving others the way that he loved us by practicing this principle of mutual submission. God, I pray for all the men, pray for all the women, all the students, all of our children, that today there will be this decision when we say in the middle of a world that is filled with chaos, we will create this little hub where there's love and there's peace and there's respect and while there'll be tensions and difficulties, we'll all come back and we'll live out this principle. We will love excessively. We will respond respectfully. We will obey joyfully. And we'll lead treating our children with dignity. God, I thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that's going to help us do that. And we ask for that right now in all of our homes. And God, we know that our enemy, Satan, would want to come against us and cause things to happen today, tomorrow, throughout this week to take us off track from this. But may we always come back to this being the point of focus for our families. Thank you that we get the opportunity, no matter what's going on around us, through the power of your Holy Spirit and the power of your word in our lives, to write a better story for our families. We give you thanks for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. And we look forward to seeing you on Wednesday evening as well. But also, uh, a lot of you have been asking, hey, when are we going to get to meet in our buildings again? Uh, just so you know, later this week, I'll talk to you a little bit more about that. I'll put a video out, so be watching for that. Have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.